Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to, yet again, another episode of the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is Ryan Cabrera, your co-host, and I am in studio today with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Welcome. Good to be here. Man, I'll tell you what, uh, lots of cool things going on here at the Beit Tehillah Community, uh, but not the least of which is this podcast that we have week in and week out. And so we wanted to do a couple shout outs. We've got some listeners. One of the cool things is that uh, if you have an active profile on SoundCloud, that we can see who's listening uh, to the podcast. And so we wanted to give a, a shout out all the way from Puerto Rico to uh, Mr. Lester Gonzalez. Uh, Lester, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you coming uh, to our congregation every once in a while. Also, all the way up in the great state of Maine, Mr. John Hackett. Mr. That's John right. Hackett. And uh, and then also uh, two folks. I don't I don't know if we know. I don't know if these folks uh, come to our congregation periodically or not. But uh, Miss Stephanie Arroyo Reyes and Iris Rivera. Uh, thank you guys all for listening. Uh, we can see that you guys are uh, top listeners on the podcast, and so uh, we just appreciate you guys. I wanted to give you a shout out. Uh, also, some some countries that uh, have been listening. I thought was interesting. Uh, people from the the country of Malta. So if you're from Malta. We want to hear from you from Australia, from Gibraltar, Germany, and France. You know, we just want to say hello. Thank you for listening. Uh, you know, obviously, if you're listening, then you you must share some of our similar values. We love the Lord. We love Torah. We love Jesus. And uh, you know, even if we don't share all those values in common, thank you for listening. We do appreciate you. And so, uh, moving into the kind of the content of our podcast today. Uh, we are studying the Torah portion, Lech Lecha, uh, and this means get yourself out, or go for yourself, or go to yourself. Um, you know, there's uh, you know different translations of these words, uh, and you could find this in the book of Genesis, starting in chapter 12, verse 1, and ending at chapter 17 and verse 27. So the uh, format today, Ryan, is of course an outline of, of hitting some main topics, getting people to really think about the Torah portion in a relevant way. So if you're interested in the Torah questionnaire, please uh, go ahead and go back to last year's uh, podcast uh, schedule and you will find, uh, uh, actually uh, we'll be covering more. Uh, we want to hit some main points here in Lech Lecha. Go for yourself. And this is where, of course, Abram heeds the call of God. So I'm going to call him Abram up until the point of his name changing. So, uh, you know, it's interesting because we're talking about, you know, polytheistic versus monotheistic. And uh, we know that there were multiple gods in the time of Abram. And, of course, uh, uh, it's, it's interesting because Abram was told to leave Ur. Uh, the city of Ur today is in the modern-day country of Iraq. So basically, Abram was an Iraqi. Uh, he was an Iraqi, and he was told by God to leave his country, to leave his kindred, and to leave his father's house. So that's a lot. I mean, he was being relocated. Uh, he, of course, was going to leave his family, his relatives, and, of course, his father's house to start something new. And it's interesting that, you know, he was being led along. And he didn't even know where he was going. He, he just did it. Uh, he didn't have all the information. That's, that's like a lot of us. Uh, how many of us are, are you know, uh, have left our country, our relatives, 
in our Father's house even today. You know, we, we did a little something last night at the tour study. Uh, I think I had five people raise their hands that are from Hillsborough County. Uh, everybody else. Had, it, was, it was a few more than that, yeah. Okay, we'll no. give you six out yeah. of 40 or 50. But no. what I'm saying is that, you know, chances are you're probably <laughs> have been relocated by God, uh, which is a very uh, interesting story. I always share this little testimony with my father. He worked for Toledo Scale Company up in Ohio, and he wanted a change. He wanted a difference, you know, to, to make in the family's life and, and get away from all this other stuff uh, in regards to that. And so he decided, and he got an opportunity to come to Tampa, Florida. And I think I was like two years old, and so he relocates, you know, and it's funny, to Hillsborough County. Yeah. So I was born in Dayton, Ohio, and I relocate here. And I told my dad, I said, Dad, you really heard from God. He goes, well, what do you mean, son? I said, well, Dad, when, when I gave my life to the Lord in March of 92, the work is here. Right. You you brought us here. And I'm not in Atlanta or, or Texas, you know. And so what's happening is you heard from God. He goes, I never thought about that, son. And I said, well, think about it. That's pretty cool. The work is done right here, you know. But, of course, a prophet is not without honor. Except in his own hometown. <laughs> Thank you so much. So a lot of you could relate to that. Leave his country, leave his kindred, leave his father's house. And that's how it's got to be, everyone. That's this, we're, we're in the Mishpacha. We're in the family of God. And of course, there's, there's four things that, that God said he would do for Abram in, in Genesis 12 too. Uh, and, and this is just for starters. Make of thee a great nation. Wow. What nation is that? The nation of Israel. The nation of Israel. Amen. Make of thee a great nation. Number two, he would bless thee. So Abraham or Abram is blessed. He's blessed. Uh, make thy name great. Now oh. we know among the three faiths. Oh, yeah. Among Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, the Muslims, that his name is great. Oh, He's Father Abraham. I mean, yeah. they even have a song after him. Father Abraham. And many sons. Oh, yeah. And many sons had And Father we can still Abraham. sing that song. That's right. And then, of course, uh, not only was he going to be blessed, Ryan, but Abram was going to be a blessing. Amen. I can't encourage all of you listening to this podcast enough. Be a servant. Go out of your way for people. Help people. Do things, you know. There's all these incredible opportunities, and you get to do it because you are the seed of Abraham. Be a blessing. Are yeah. you a blessing or a pain in the neck? You know, do people run to you or do they run from you? You know, and that's the thing we want to remember, you know, and, and I know that that's, that's something that we need to really think about. Uh, and of course, we know uh, in Genesis 12, I'm going to have Ryan read this because, you know, Abram was so important in the very beginning uh, to set a precedent. Uh, I'm going to have him read Genesis 12, 3. All right. So Genesis 12, 3 says, And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Wow. So all the families of the earth will be blessed because of him, because of the step that he took. You know, we're going to get into this whole covenant of, 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 of God and, and Abram and his name being changed and everything. This is what's happening in our life. See, when you have faith with an action, because faith without works is dead, you know, you're going to accelerate in his kingdom. You're going to accelerate to a really awesome place with him. And so uh, the connotation also has been said among some scholars and word studies uh, that all the fans of the earth would be grafted in. Come on. We would be grafted in. Not natural born, but grafted in. Uh, we know this in Romans as well with Paul. There's wild branches and there's natural branches. And, and Ryan, right now in the earth, there are a bunch of wild branches coming out of the nations wanting to be grafted in with the natural branches. 
So we're going to look at uh, Genesis 12:7. Uh, this is the promise uh, to Abraham's descendants in Genesis 12:7. It's very important that we get to these these things here. Yeah, and so what's cool is you know the end of the last Torah portion we actually find out that um, you know after Noah he has you know three sons and the, the descendants of Shem and then we get the genealogy all the way to Abram. Uh, and then we find out that, that Abram's wife is barren. And so we find out some, some key things right uh, about him right at the, the end of this last Torah portion. And that uh, they moved from Ur of the Chaldees, where his brother uh, was killed, uh, and they move over to Haran. And so the story here and this Torah portion picks up in Haran, where he had gone with, with everyone else. Now, it's important, and Mike Cromwell pointed this out last night, to note that God had commanded or... or, or or they were moving their way as a family, Terah, who was Abram's father, his sons, and, and the people that were with them, they were moving on their way to Canaan, but they actually ended up settling in Haran. And the point was made, you know, how many times do we do that? God has somewhere where he wants us to go, and somewhere along the process we settle for something less right. than what God has actually given us. And so then, then, then God comes and he speaks to Abram, right? And that's where he says, you know, now it says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto the land that I will show you. It, it, famous Abraham's faith. God didn't even tell him where he was going. He just said, Get up and go, and I will show you where to go. Then he says, I'll bless you. He makes these promises to him. And uh, and then we come through and we get down to the, the verse that Pastor's talking about here at, at verse 7 in chapter 12. And it's interesting. So Abram, it says here in verse 6, And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Shechem, unto the plain of Moreh, and the Canaanite was then in the land. Uh, I, I may have told this story before on the podcast, but my kids last night, we were you know at tour study, and they uh, we, we we get home from tour study on Monday nights, and Tuesday morning the trash comes to pick up. So we have to go. We have to we have a long driveway that goes up a hill, and we have to drag the trash up there. And, and at the top of my driveway is a platform, and it looks like the platform at Elan Marais. And so if you go to Elan Marais today, and you you can actually Google it and see pictures of it. There's a platform, and you can see that there's like a, a little rock border around this little platform to prevent people from falling over it. And I have something similar to that. On uh, on my driveway, and so what I do is I tell the kids the story. And so last night they were, you know, all the kids went up with me to take the trash out, which they never do, obviously, because they wanted me to tell them the story. And so here's here's what God says to to Abram in, in verse seven. He says, "And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And then what did he do right after that? He removed from thence unto a mountain on the east side of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Ion on the east. You know, what an awesome introduction to Abram. I mean, Ryan, this is what comes to my mind. So now he offers Abram all these things. He explains it to him. He shows him the land. Okay, He puts something inside of him. But guess what happens? A famine forces Abram to go to Egypt. So here's the thing. Do you think Abram just forgot about the promises? Do you think he forgot about what God said to him, even though there was a famine? Replace the word famine in your life with circumstances. Oh, yeah. Whether it's a, a, a relational, whether it's with your job, whether it's uh, where you live or where you don't live. Think about a circumstance. Are family members got you down? I mean, think about it, everyone. So God like a cattle prod. Like he a cattle creates prod. this famine. He's got to go down to Egypt. And, and so Abram, fearful for his life, he says, oh, Sarai, 
Tell them you're my sister. Oh, yeah. Now, it's a half lie. It's a half truth, right? Because they had what? Wait, so a half truth is also a half lie. They had the huh. same father, but different mothers. Yeah. That's like all of us, isn't it? We have the same father, but we have different mothers. Hey. So so I'm just telling the story because, you know, he, he feared for his life. I mean, he's down in Egypt. It's a major, major city. I mean, you got to think about the colonization and what's going on there. Uh, and so, you know, uh, so they go down in there. And, and so she's fair. She's, she's a hottie. And she's it says she's fair to look at. She's a fair woman, so she's beautiful. And so, you know... Um, well, this begs the question. Ashley and I, my wife and I, were actually talking about the tour portion. We were wondering, you know, how is it that Abram, there's a famine in the land of Canaan, gets pushed down to Egypt um, by the circumstance, and then ends up, you know, having conversations with the king of the land? You know, how does that even happen? Like, I, you know, you can go to England, but do you end up having conversations with the queen? You know, was wow. it was it at this point because uh, because Sarai was so good looking that? Uh, you know, that she, she was noticed by maybe the king's court or something like that? Or was it because Abraham was just such a magnanimous guy, such a personality that, uh, you know, he was, you know, always kind of moving and shaking with the movers and shakers, you know, because he was an influential guy, you know, at heart, that, that he ended up in, in Pharaoh's court? You know, as you read into the story, there's some people jockeying for position here, because listen to this, the princes of Egypt saw her. So somebody got her and says, I'm taking her to Pharaoh. So you know he wants brownie points. Hey, I found you a hottie. I found you a beautiful woman. Oh, yeah. He's probably jockeying for a, a position in the cabinet of Pharaoh, you know. And, and so once again, so Pharaoh takes her in unto himself. And, of course, nothing happens. But, uh, you know, what happens is, you know, um, a plague yeah. <laughs> hits Pharaoh and everything. And he discovers this. And so he, he's going to confront Abram. He says, why, why did you do this? And what did he say? Hey, I, I, I feared for my life. That's right. He's, well, here's it's what, common sense. Yeah, Pharaoh says, and, and Pharaoh called Abram and said, what is, it that, that, what, is, what is this that thou hast done unto me? Why didst thou not tell me that she was thy wife? Why saidest thou she is my sister? So I might have taken her to be my wife. Now therefore behold thy wife, take her and go thy way. And Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away and his wife and all that he had. But we have to go back a little bit. Okay. I know for the for the sake of this particular podcast, we got to go back because it, it says right here that, you know, Pharaoh was a guy that says, hey, listen, I'm going to give you something for your sister. Sheep, oxen, male donkeys, female donkeys, men servants, maid servants, and camels. I mean, right there, Genesis 12, 16. So he, he, he takes, you know, supposedly Abram's sister. He says, here, I'm going to give you this for her as like a, you know, a dowry. Or something, you know, right. and and so the plague comes, and, and Pharaoh gets all upset, and so in, in Genesis twelve twenty, what happens? Let's read that, and what uh, Pharaoh's response was. And, it says, and, and Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away, and his wife, and all that he had. So he got to take the stuff with him. So here's a situation that is very interesting. He accumulates some more things yeah. while in Egypt, has a little uh, scuttle there with Pharaoh, and then of course, what happens with uh, with him and Lot, his nephew Lot. Uh, they begin to uh, they they ev- they leave Egypt and they go back into Canaan and of course in, in Genesis thirteen nine um, you're going to discover that they of course have to separate because there's strife among the herdmen of Lot and Abram there's strife because there's so many of them they're sharing the same you know pastures and, and grazing and all that and there's strife among the herdmen and so uh, 
they're going to separate themselves. You know, uh, Mike Cromwell said something that I'd never thought of last night. Um, yeah, I get a lot of good ideas from Mike Cromwell. He's a good, good source. That's right, of, a good you know, elder. Yeah, that's right. He's a good elder. Um, but he mentioned, you know, we look at this story of how this whole thing with Lot and Abram went down, and Abram is the the passive one who basically is being, you know, gracious to Lot and says, "Hey, you know what? You go whatever way you're going to go, and I'll go the other way." Right. right? And I never thought about this, and, and Mike brought this out. He said that, you know. Abram said, Lot, you go pick a place and I'll take everything else. I like that. You know, because it's essentially what's happening when you let that person, you know, they say in negotiations, whoever speaks first loses, right? Or whoever I've heard of that. proposes first loses. And so uh, you can find that one, I think, in the Art of the Deal. Let's read Genesis 13, verses 11 through 13. Uh, Genesis 13, verses 11 through 13 in regards to the separation of Abram and Lot. Here we go. It says, Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. So you're going to see an interesting thing playing out here uh, with, of course, the nephew and the uncle. Uh, you know, so now there's got to be a separation. Uh, because it seems that, thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, in regards to the inheritance, being heirs according to the promise, Ryan, for those of you listening to this podcast, listen, how far do you want to go in your inheritance? How deep and how far do you want to go to get what's coming to you? Do you think it's just going to be handed to you flippantly, a silver spoon in your mouth? No, let me tell you something. We are justified by the finished work of the cross. But if you want your inheritance, if you want to be heirs according to the kingdom of God, you know, it says right there, he's going to give to every man according to his works. That's right. So how much are you believing? How much are you doing? So listen up, everybody. If you want to see the reconciliation of the Jews and the Gentiles in the last days, you better have Jews in your life. If you're a non-Jew, you better have Jews in your life. If you're a Jew, you better have non-Jews in your life. People from the nations. This is what's going down right now. You know, and, and in regards to the land, uh, you know, uh, Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom. You know, it reminded him of Egypt. And you're going to find out later, you know, he becomes the mayor of Sodom. He's at the gate. Yeah. And that's what happens when we become enticed and we take the bait. We, we, we get enticed, the temptation, and we move closer in an opposite direction from where we're supposed to be. See, God is separating some of you right now, whether it's family or, or unwise associations. He is separating you from the pack. Why? Because God wants you for himself. And, and so we know that uh, Abram, of course, is going to be in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, an incredible city, the city of the, uh, the great patriarchs are buried there. But Hebron is an incredible place. And uh, they just had an incredible celebration there not too long ago. Thousands of people in Hebron uh, celebrating, I think, the, the closing of the feasts, uh, the Torah portion. But anyway, uh, so keep that in mind, these, these particular cities. You know, I'll tell you, Ryan, uh, I went to Hebron in 2015 for the first time. I got into the, you know, the, the burial place of the great, you know, the burial place of uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. You know, uh, Sarah, Rebecca, Rebecca. You know, um, Leah. Yep. But uh, but not Rachel. But I tell you, when we walked into that place, my knees got weak. 
I could feel the energy. I could feel the presence. I could wow. feel something like, and Joanne looked at me, Joanne Cesario, our dance leader, she looked at me and she says, do you feel that? I said, oh, I feel that. And, and then some, you know, what a special, special place. Low population of Jewish people living there though. Low, low, low population, mostly Arabs. So we're going to move on. Uh, we're going to get into Genesis chapter 14, verses 1 through 70. Just going to highlight this with, with everyone so you understand what's going on here. I mean, before I mean, before we can move to 14, we've got to go through 14 through 18. I mean, here, right. here here's what's, what's going on now. And, and it's funny, we were watching the Alpha Beta video last night right. at the end of our study, and it talks about how, you know, the theme that connects this. And, and if you've ever sat here and you've read, and, and I liked the way Aleph Beta presented this. Yes, Aleph Beta is, a, of course, an Orthodox Jewish website that teaches Torah through videos and animation. And uh, some of it, some of the content's free. Right. And, 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 I, and I'll tell you what, what they, the video we watched last night I thought was pretty good because I have wondered myself, why is it that God promises this promise over and over and over again to Abram? It's like... Is once enough? Is twice enough? Is three times? I mean, how many times does it take for for God to promise this to Abram? But where he promises these things to him are at certain junctures in Abram's life, and they made the point that, you know, Abram doesn't know the future. We all know the future, that he's going to have Isaac, that he's going to have Ishmael, that that these things are going to happen. But at this point, he's looking forward at his life, and he has the futures unknown to him. So at this point, He's kind of had a catastrophe, the, 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 you know, his son, you know, per se, his, his, his nephew that he's kind of, you know, quote unquote, taken with him kind of under his wing, uh, Lot, is now split off from him. They weren't able to live in the same place. So now his legacy, now his heir apparent is now gone and right. gone off to point himself towards the, you know, wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so now God promises him again. Because, you know, if you're Abram, you're like, oh man, your faith may be shaken a little bit. So here God comes and says, says, it says, and the Lord said unto Abram after that lot was separated from him, lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward for all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. How long? Forever. Forever. And I will take, and I'm sorry, and I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land, in the length of it, and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Then Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built an altar unto the Lord. I mean, I get jacked up when I read listen, this stuff. I don't know if you Listen, that's good stuff. Tell. But remember now, he gives him these promises. He creates a famine. He's got to go to Egypt. Well, he's he back his, from Egypt now, I right? know, but he loses his wife for a little bit there. That's yeah. my sister. He gets her back. He goes to Canaan. Now, all of a sudden, he separates from Lot. Yeah. And now we go into the next phase of warfare. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's, of course, the uh, Battle of the Kings in Genesis 14, verses 1 through 17. Just a little highlight here. Uh, the ruling king over Sodom and Gomorrah was Chador Laomer. Sounds like a French king. Ah, Chador Laomer. But no, I don't believe he was French. So no, I don't think so. There's going to be, of course, and we have these other kings that rebel against him. Uh, in the 13th year, after serving him for 12 years, uh, there were five kings. And of course, if you look at the ratio of kings versus kings in the era of Sodom and Gomorrah, it was four to five. Now, the four kings, uh, what they did for, to Sodom and Gomorrah, they actually took all the goods and victuals and went their way. Remember that. They came against Chador Laomer, 
And they, of course, went against the five kings. Chedel Lamar was part of it. There's like a, like a coalition there. They took all the goods and victuals and went their way. And so um, these four kings really did something they shouldn't have done because, because Abram is going to have to go after nephew, you know, uh, Lot and his goods. This is in Genesis 14, 12. So here's the story that's playing out. And, and what can we learn from this, Ryan? But we have to choose sides. So to be there for our family or to save them or rescue them, it is mandatory, okay? It's mandatory. And well, so this is going to actually play out. And Abram uh, here, I mean, you think that you know, his nephew Lot is somebody he cares about greatly. And there's nothing worse than like, all right, you're already worried. This person has left and they've gone. And you know that the place that they've gone, probably not the safest, best place in the world. And then you get the news. And the news is that there's this war that's broke out. Right. One side defeated the other, and as they're taking the spoils, they actually captured Lot and his family and took them. This off is with like them. a movie in and of itself, you oh, know, man. if you think about it. So I'm going to have Ryan read uh, as Abram gets the news of this in Genesis 14:13. All right, here we go. It says, "And there came one that had escaped and told Abram the Hebrew, which is this is the first time he's called the Hebrew, correct?" I believe it That's is. That's it. The yep. word Hebrew. The, uh, Abram the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the plain of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eshcol, and the brother of Aner. These were confederate with Abram. I'm sorry. I just... That's right. That's, oh, right. Okay, That's yeah. it. That's yeah. it. So basically, the, the word Hebrew, uh, it's Bari. It's an Eberite, or descendant of Eber. Uh, it literally means to cross over. So when we think about the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith, oh, yeah. we have crossed over. Now, oh. we, we made a, a mention in our Torah study last night that the Euphrates River was the river source that they would follow to get water, which gives life, and then, of course, come down you know, from the north. Uh, but you know that he had to, of course, eventually cross the Jordan River. So he's going to take uh, 318 of his servants to help get his nephew back. And uh, he had to go all the way to Damascus to reach Lot's captors. Uh, wow. Think about that. So if you, if you think about Sodom and Gomorrah, Ryan, and you look at Damascus, geographically speaking, that's 135 miles at least. Yeah. This is like a John Wayne movie. He's like, I mean, oh, well, Pilgrim. And 35 Load miles. up the posse. That's Let's right. head over to Damascus. This is a good time for Conan. Duh! <laughs> he could have been one of the 318... You know, uh, armed servants. I don't know if I'm feeling Conan. I was feeling more of a John Wayne. He you know? could. No, no, no. This is Conan all the way because these guys are ruthless. We need somebody like Conan. Well, so team. so he 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 gets up and so here here's what it says. It says, and Abram heard that his brother was taken captive. He armed his trained servants, born in his house, three hundred and eighteen, and pursued them unto Dan. And he divided himself against them and his servants by night and smote them. Da. And pursued them unto Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. And he brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods and the women also and the people. So what did he do? He went and he got a total victory. I mean, he just wiped their... But think about it, Ryan. There was a coup going on with the king of Chedor Laomer. There was a coup. Right. And Chedor Laomer prevailed. Because look what it says here. And the king of Sodom in verse 17 of Genesis 14 went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Chedor Loamer and of the kings that were with him at the valley of Shaveh, which is the king's dale. And now we're going to get into like a theophany 
of Yeshua. So once again, Abram had to fight for his family. He had to choose sides. He had to engage the enemy. He had to have his own servants. You know, that's why I want to grow our, our church and our leadership. Because we're like we're like Abram and, and his servants. How are you going to get anything done without armed servants? We need I mean, at least 318 it. men. I'm thinking it. So all of a sudden, we're going to have, you know, and it says right here, and Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. Now, there's a lot of commentary about this, a lot of theories. I personally believe it was a theophany of Yeshua HaMashiach, our Savior. And he blessed him and said, in verse 19, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And he gave him tithes of all. So here's, here's King Melchizedek from Salem, Salem, right? And what happens? <laughs> Gives him bread and wine. Brings bread and wine. It's like the Shabbat. Of course, Yeshua is a picture of unleavened bread and wine. This is my body. This is my blood. Absolutely. But the bottom line is that this particular king of Salem brings bread and wine. And what was what's Abram's response to he, the Godhead? He gives him tithes. He gives him tithes. See, yeah. tithing is a principle, everyone. Right. You know, yeah, we, we, we look in the Bible, we find it as a commandment. It is a commandment, but it's a principle that's found throughout the Bible. Yeah, well, and how cool is this? So so um, the author of the book of Hebrews uh, talks about Melchizedek, and he connects it to Yeshua, and he says this in, in chapter 7, So for this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being... Uh, first being by interpretation, king of righteousness. So he's telling you right here in the New Testament, Melech Zedek. And that's a whole other study, right? Ryan, the whole Melchizedek thing. And that's, after that's that, also time. king of Salem is king of peace, without father, without mother, without de- uh, descent, having neither beginning of days nor and end of life. where is that in Hebrews? This is in chapter 7. And so it talks about the superiority of, of Yeshua above um, all other people, you know, prophets, quote unquote, because he is God, right? So he is, and so he's not after the Levitical priesthood, which is is for man's sake, but he's after the order of Melchizedek, which is the priesthood of the Most High God, also. But it's a higher order of priesthood because well, it is the priesthood of Yeshua. If, if you think about it like this, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness; everything else will be added to you. So, what is that saying, right? Well, if God has placed something within us for restoration, regathering the whole house of Israel, right? Let's go for it. Let's just do this thing because he will go before us. And if we have circumstances or we got to fight a war or choose sides or save our family from a fight or whatever, then so be it. Yeah. God, God will be with us. Yeah. And even after that, even through that, that acknowledgement of a tithe. You know, that's Beit is a storehouse. You know, without the tithes, Ryan. That's right. You know, people actually give that don't come. They watch online, and, and what a blessing they are yeah. that, that are listening to the there podcast. There might even be some listeners to the but, podcast. But I'm yeah, saying amen. to you, we, we're not going to be able to see any restoration with, without without a storehouse. Well, and I think... You know, we, we, we've got a gentleman coming from uh, from Israel, an Orthodox Jew from Christians for uh, Israel Communities coming, and, and of course, you know, he's got to travel 6,000 miles. He, he's got to come and share about this particular organization, and so we're, we're there, Ryan. We're there. And, and and it's ours for the taking, and so we're gonna we're gonna move on because we got to get into, of course, the uh, uh, the Abrahamic covenant in chapter fifteen. You know, and uh, Abram had a steward, uh, Eliezer of Damascus, and he basically was thinking, "This is my heir. This yeah. is going to be my heir, right?" Well, yeah. And, after uh, all and, this, you and know, it, and of course, his main concern in, in Genesis fifteen too. If you'll just read it, 
Yeah. Well, think about it. So Lot uh, goes back to Sodom after all of this. So so after all of this happens, Lot, you know, Abram has to go and save him. He he still goes back to Sodom. So so again, right. Abram's bummed again, right? And so verse one says, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, "Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward." And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, Behold to me, thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. So he's he's pretty disappointed. He's like, you know, God, verse I'm, four. I'm doing hope. all this, you know? Read and behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. But see, that's the promise, Ryan. That's the promise. Listen, and then it's like the stars. You can't count the stars. No, you can't. My so kids can and I were trying to last night. We were pointing up. You like, can, can count, you count the them? Jews. What, 15 million Jews in the world? But he says, Abraham, your seed will be like these stars. Yeah. And the dust, I mean, he already promises the dust. And, and so, that goes for Islam. That's right. Christianity, Judaism. That's right. That from Abraham would be all these stars. But how many of them are going to come out of the nations and serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob through the Torah, through the commandments of God? So, See? so, so can we go to Galatians 3? Can we go there? I think you should. Okay. So Galatians 3, uh, 6 is talking about... So, well, okay. Let me back up. So fifteen six says, And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. I think this cannot be overstated. What is the seed of Abraham? Uh, it's the Messiah. What is the seed of Abraham? It's his descendants. What is the seed of Abraham? It's faith. Right? We have these, these multiple things that we can say that the seed of Abraham is, but there's no doubt that the seed of Abraham is alive and well today, and here's why. It says this, chapter 3, verse 7 of the book of Galatians, it says, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. So then it goes on, if you kind of bump down to verse 29 in the same chapter, chapter 3 of Galatians, And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What's the promise is given to Abraham? Well, I went through my Bible and I highlighted all these places throughout Genesis where it talks about the seed. Because, you know, if you ask yourself the question, what's the seed of Abraham? Well, here we go. Chapter 12, verse 7 is the first time we see the seed of Abraham mentioned. It says, And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there built he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Where's the next time it says seed? Uh, chapter 13, verse 15. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. And it goes on and on and on. Seed, land, seed, land, seed, and, and, land. And you know, let me remind all of you of something that's happening that's incredible. We know there's this false teaching about replacement theology. The church has replaced the Jewish people. Listen, I've already proven this through the scriptures. I've already presented this as a teaching uh, to our congregation, to another congregation. But, you know, the Jews are the chosen people of God. It's right there. So what's funny about it is that as Christians being grafted in, in Romans 9, 8, Ryan, this is what it says. Here's Paul in Romans 9, 8. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. But the children of the promise are counted for the seed. 
Right. And that word in Greek is sperma. Yeah. So so you're either a spirit, soul, and a body. You're either you're either you know the seed or you, or you're not. I mean that's just as simple as it. So whoever attains to the promise. That's right. And does the works. That's right. Is the seed. That's right. And that's what we're doing. That's what you're doing. That's what I'm doing. Right. That's what this church is doing. We are attaining, of course, to the promise. And promise is epigelia. It's a divine assurance of good. That's right. Because you're grafted in, everyone, God has a divine assurance of good for you. And so that's and, that's where we're at. And, and what does it say in Galatians? It says those who are in Christ. So Christ is the seed. He is the literal seed of Abraham physically. He's the spiritual seed of Abraham. He's the Messiah. It is through him that we become grafted in, just like it says in Romans 11, into the family of God. And that then we attain to this promise and, and then we're able to walk it out because it wasn't until Abraham started to attain to the promise. But here's what it says in Romans chapter four about Abraham. It says, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification, we get to participate in the promises made to Abraham because of the work of Yeshua. Absolutely. So we, we want to kind of recap here because, of course, uh, with every covenant, there's a shedding of blood. So God's going to make a covenant with Abram. And, and what's going to happen is uh, Abram's going to cut these uh, animals in half. He's going to divide them. They were divided. A heifer of three years old, a she-goat of three years old, a ram of three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon, of course, which he did not divide the birds. So they were divided. And it's interesting because a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And, and of course, a, low, a, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. Yeah. So in the midst of this, uh, this particular... Uh, I would say this incredible covenant being made. Uh, we know that uh, we'll have to look at this uh, point. Uh, he falls into this deep sleep, and, and he basically says in Genesis fifteen thirteen, if you could read that, Ryan. Oh, I will. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna say. So this. God's making covenant, and he's speaking over fifteen thirteen. Yep, Abram. Uh, what's gonna happen? And he says this. He says, and he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs and shall serve them and they shall afflict them 400 years. And so he's, yeah, he's giving them the lay down here of 400 years, which they're going to be in Egypt. And of course the sun goes down uh, and it was dark. And so what, what actually what walked between the pieces, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp. Wow. A smoking furnace and a burning lamp. Praise God. You know, it's interesting when they threw <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the uh, fire. They threw him into a furnace. Yeah. They threw him right into the arms of God. And, and remember with Moses and the burning bush, he turned and saw the burning bush. It caught his attention. So so this this incredible uh, covenant is made, Ryan. And, and this is, of course, an unconditional covenant. 
It's it's considered unconditional. Right. Uh, the first three covenants with, of course, Eden, Adam, and Noah are universal. This particular covenant is unconditional. So let's let's recap here because we got to move on here yeah. to just give you some ideas and think about it. Verse eighteen uh, is the recap. I mean, it is the the covenant is actually here. It says. Uh, verse 18, in the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram saying, unto thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. And I think sometimes people think that, you know, uh, that this little sliver of land is the land of Israel. When in fact, God has different borders for the land of Israel here. Biblically, he says that he's going to give it to his people. And so if we're worried about how we're going to fit all the people into that little land, because right, if, if the seed of Abraham is a lot of people... Right, you can't and, name them, like you the can't, stars right. or the sand of the seashore. I mean, that's a lot of people. How are we going to fit them all in? Well, the answer is, God's smarter than we are. He's already got it figured out. You know, let's let him worry about those things. You know, it's interesting because God's in control. Amen. You know, what is your role? You're like an actor and an actress on the stage of life. What is your role that you are to play? Play it to the best of your ability. Win an Oscar. Go all out. Go all out, amen? I'm a wild branch grafted in, okay? And I want to go all out, you know? And so we're going to see another story develop among uh, uh, the Mishpacha, the family of Abram and Sarai, with, of course, a particular woman named Hagar. Uh, she was, of course, the uh, Egyptian handmaid of Sarai. And so, you know, so they're trying to figure this out, and uh, they're up there in years and age, Sarai and Abram. And so uh, Sarai says, you know, take her as a wife and... And, and, you know, and let's see what happens. And so she conceived, you know, and if you go and even look at the scriptures, it says right here, just to make it clear in Genesis 63, she went from being a handmaid to a wife, uh, gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. So her status changed, right? That's right, right yeah. Her status literally changed and she conceived. So just to tell you the story here as we're, uh, you know, trying to, cut down on the time here, but the bottom line is that this thing plays out and there's contention now because Sarai's not pregnant, but Hagar is. She flees into the wilderness and she ends up by a fountain in the way to Shur and angel of the Lord comes to Hagar, you know, because there's contention now. Um, she's still the handmaid, but she's got this status as, as a wife now bearing, you know, um, one of the master's sons. I mean, so think about it. Uh, the angel of the Lord says, return to your mistress and submit to her, you know? Um, and so, you know, here she is with this child and the angel of the Lord tells Hagar what to name the child. Isn't this incredible? The angel of the Lord tells Hagar to name the child Ishmael, Ishmael, Ishmael. Think about it. And Ishmael means God shall hear. So God shall hear. And he goes on to talk about this. And of course, uh, Genesis 16.10 and Genesis 16.12. I'm going to have Ryan read, um, let's see here, uh, in 16.10, this is in reference to, All right, so 16, to Ishmael. Yeah, 16.9 yeah, says, And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress and submit thyself under her hands. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly that it shall not be numbered for multitude. Stay right there. Okay, listen up, everybody. Islam is getting ready to overtake Catholicism. Okay? If you think how many Catholics there are in the world, 
Islam is getting ready to surpass that if they haven't done it already. So is that multiplication, folks? Can we say that Ishmael has multiplied exceedingly? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And um, verse 12 is, is like a little prophecy. What's this little guy going to become? Well, it says What's in, he going to do, Ryan? It says he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. So his hand against everyone, everyone's hand against him. Is that the Muslims? Is that Islam today? I mean, it's like, it's like, it's amazing, you know, and uh, we talk about the country of Saudi Arabia and what's going on at this point in time, uh, the injustices that are done or whatever. But, you know, there's two swords on their flag. I mean, figure it out. You know, here comes your banner, two swords, you know, I don't think that's has any tendency of peacekeeping hey look here comes the big banner with two swords on it you know and and so you need to understand that from abraham we have the three faiths right we have judaism we have christianity and we have islam today that's right because of abram and guess what god created it mm-hmm. he allowed it to happen well you know and they have this it. saying called birthing an ishmael right when you take things into your own hands and you don't you know just have complete faith in the plan of God. And God's going to use it. And God will use it, exactly right. And so when Ishmael was born, I mean, Abram was 86, okay? And and so here, here we're going to have another transition now. Why? Because it's important. Another transition. Abram, his name means exalted father. Exalted father. But God's going to change Abram's name to Abraham, with the hay in there, the hay, the ch, Abraham which is going to become a father of a multitude. He literally changes his name. This guy that was barren, that was all by himself, right? And of course the sign for, you know, the sign for the Abrahamic covenant is circumcision. Circumcision on the 8th day. So we have this sign of the Abrahamic covenant. We have the 8th day when the circumcision is, and now Sarai is getting ready to have her name changed. Sarai means Dominative, you know, dominant, domineering. He changes Sarai's name to Sarah, which means princess, princess. So after this whole escapade with Hagar and Abram and Sarai now, and little Ishmael, God tells Abraham that Sarah was going to bear him a son. And what was his response in Genesis 17, 17, Ryan? Read that. It says, Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is 90 years old bear? Wow, he laughed. And so how old was Abraham and Sarah when they heard the promise of Isaac? Think about it. How old were they? 90 and 100. Wow, 100. For, for Abraham and 90 for Sarah. And, and so it's only fitting that he would take this old couple and name their son Isaac. And what does his name mean? Laughter. <laughs> Laughter. Who's going to get the last laugh? God is. Amen. So which son is going to receive the everlasting covenant, Ryan? Well, it says here in verse 21, just so you that I want to read Genesis 17, 19. Uh, I can do that too. It says, And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. Makes it very clear. Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, everlasting covenant. Oh, yeah. Is that is that? 
perfectly. I, th- I, I think it's pretty clear and acceptable it, it, there. It even goes to contrast. It says, and as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful. Will will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. So Ishmael, Islam gets five blessings, right? Here, here are the things that he, he promises to do for Ishmael. He, he says it right here. Blessed him, make him fruitful, multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes will he beget, right? And make him a great nation, the nation of Islam, that it would be a great nation. It's, it's covering the earth. It's there. It's, it's there to be, to be reckoned with. I mean, we just can't deny that. You know, people get so bent out of shape about different religions and things. But yeah. here, it's clearly stated that, that God has created Islam. He's created Ishmael. And the promises are going to go to those people. Yep. I mean, it's amazing, you know. And so now, in, in conclusion here, we're going to have this circumcision uh, taking place. Uh, not only is Abraham circumcised, but also Ishmael at 13. And it says Abraham was 90 years old and nine. 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh. I mean... Wow. So what an incredible Torah portion. Lech Lecha will continue on next week. So just remember that if you are in Christ, you are the seed of Abraham. Hallelujah. If you are in Christ, you are the seed of Abraham and heirs according to the promise. Get that into your spirit because you have identity in Christ. Who you are matters. And this is a big deal. And I just encourage all of you to go in and seek the scriptures Find out if this is true for yourself and, and, and ask the Holy Spirit, ask God, what does this mean for me and what can I be doing now? And so thank you guys for listening. We love you guys so much. We really appreciate uh, all of you guys who are out there uh, supporting us by listening. It's, it's, uh, it really you know, helps us. Please share the podcast uh, with your friends and on social media uh, because it, it, we really feel like this message, the message of the Torah, the message that's going out is the message for today and it is relevant for today. So you can reach out to us uh, online uh, through our website at twopraise.net. You can email me at ryan at twopraise.net. Uh, and you can also call the office here at 813-654-2222 if you need prayer, uh, if you need resources, you know, something that we can send you, some information, whatever. Uh, we would be glad to do that for you. Remember, it's Ryan, R-Y-A-N, at twopraise.net. And uh, as always, God bless you guys. Have a great week.